Hey! Hey everybody, how are we all doing? I am super excited to be here. So this is my first podcast and we will be talking about bees, everything bee related. So I'm super excited. Thank you for listening in. So what, what the plan of this podcast is, we're going to talk all about bees. We're going to interview people. You know, I've got some amazing guests already lined up. Uh, one guest who's probably going to be on next week, all planning going well, is going to be Rob Waddell. Now he's from Grand Ridge Propagation Nursery, and he produces these amazing manuka plants. So all these different Leptospermum species. So we're going to talk about that and find out all about this manuka madness. And I was just having a bit of a squeeze at his website, and I love this old Chinese proverb: the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. The second best time is now. Absolutely love that. So we'll have uh, Rob Waddell. I'll uh, be talking about all things Manuka. So that's one uh, guest. I've got another guest lined up. Good friends of mine from South Australia is Simeon Volkenberg. Now Simeon Volkenberg is uh, is a beekeeper, commercial beekeeper, running near on a thousand hives, and it's a family run business. And him and his brother, they're on the road or on the trucks all the time, managing and working with their hives. And they are brilliant beekeepers. I see them every year. Uh, there's like a little conference that we um, we all sort of organise, and I love being part of that. And it's over in uh, South Australia, around the Renmark region, and it's sort of based upon the the almond industry. So we'll have Simeon Volkenberg. Another awesome guest we're coming on is uh, Stephen Heatley from Kangaroo Island. Now he's a uh, a full time beekeeper and um, very passionate beekeeper, and we will be talking about bees, especially about these Ligurian bees. So these Ligurian bees are a, they're the only place in the world is this particular subspecies of bees, and very super interesting. And this Ligurian bee um, was taken onto Kangaroo Island in the early eighteen eighties. And Kangaroo Island is now, I think it was about 1885, I think it was declared a bee sanctuary. So there's no other bees going there. And that's, we'll find out all about it. Uh, Steve will be able to talk to us about the history and everything, but it's a pristine island. Now, they've been hit pretty hard with some bushfires. Now, last I heard, there's approximately about 1,000 beehives have actually been destroyed on Kangaroo Island. Now, speaking of fires, we had some absolutely devastating ones in the end of um, uh, 2019. And I think the stats are in over 30,000 beehives were destroyed in the fires. And absolutely devastating. So that's going to be a bit of an impact. Um, we hit, hit, had some pretty bad droughts as well. But this impact is really, really knocking the bees around. And we're going to see, I've already heard whispers that uh, the pollination, uh, especially the almonds, because the almonds are solely pollinated by bees, it's actually going to, uh, the price is going up. So that's a good thing for the bees. So we'll be able to talk to um, uh, Simeon Volkerberg about the pollination of almonds because, you know, there's good things and bad things. So uh, we're going to have uh, Matthew Pedersen from Dividing Creek Farm. Now he's a uh, he's into beef cattle and bees and he's been keeping bees um since he's 12 years old uh in his commercial been a is his business for the last five years and i'm really looking forward to him uh another guest we're going to have coming on is simon mulvaney 
Now, he's a very good uh, friend of mine, and you would have heard of his names. He's been on TV, he's been in the newspapers and so forth, and he will be talking uh, lots of things B-related um, with Simon. Uh, his, his website, Be The Cure, it's been going on since uh, 2014. And he's got this, um, it's really cool, it's a honey map. So uh, go online, peoples, check it out, the honey map. And it's for people who obviously want to buy honey, so you can go around and, and see you know, all around the world where you can buy honeys. But if you're a beekeeper and you produce a little bit of extra you know, um, surplus honey, it's a really great place to sell it. So looking forward to talking to my good friend Simon. I've always uh, enjoyed my time with Simon. I've travelled with him um, in the state a few times, um, been to Queensland, New South Wales with him, and Tassie. Now, speaking of Tassie, uh, I love Tasmania. Absolutely. You know, there's a few jokes we could talk about with the, the, the Taswegians, but no, Tasmania is the absolutely beautiful part of the world. And uh, we'll be talking with Anita Long from the Tasmanian Junior Beekeepers. So um, it's really cool because Anita has set up, a few years ago now, we're going to hear all about it from her, she's set up this beekeeping club for juniors. And, I, and I've been involved with her a couple of times and the inspiration from these junior beekeepers is absolutely amazing. They might be young, but I'll tell you what, nothing is stopping those kids you know, they're wise beyond their years and they're so environmentally aware and, you know, bright-spirited and really hard-working kids and just so passionate, passionate kids, you know, right into their bees. And, and she's doing an absolutely uh, amazing work. So looking forward to uh, talking with Anita. Uh, and then uh, Nicholas Bishop from the London Honey Company. He's another very good friend of mine. And uh, what really interesting uh, shop there, a shop that sells all honeys from, not some from around the world, but they've also predominantly from different regions within the UK and different areas around London. So, uh, and the, the honeys from London, Europe, UK, a lot different to the honey we have here in Australia. Very, very different. Yeah, because obviously here we've primarily got um, eucalyptus uh, species. So it's really interesting to um to try different honeys and no matter where i go in the world i love trying them because they're just so so different so we'll be talking to uh nicholas and um the london london honey company that was set up over uh over 20 years ago so uh yeah and we'll be talking to hobbyist beekeepers and and also the questions and everything so if you've got a question you know want to know something about bees about beekeeping about ben um shoot it through and my email address is ben b-e-n at it's Ben's Bees, B E N S B E E S So shoot me through an email and um, yeah, more than happy to answer all those questions. So, um, so today, being the introduction with this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about bees, but I thought what a perfect opportunity to talk about my story, you know, where I come from and, and so forth. So, I, uh, I'm an only child. Uh, no brothers or sisters, and um, I must admit I do share and I do play well with others. But yeah, so I kept bees. Um, it's been for me uh, 27 years. And how I got into bees was an interesting story. When I was 14, uh, I said to mum and dad, I don't want a puppy or a kitten, I want a beehive. And they were like, what, son, you want a beehive? And Because I had books on bees, and I remember this one, beekeeping in the UK, 
and I was absolutely fascinated by him. So I was really keen and just wanted to learn and learn everything about bees and beekeeping. So I, they made me save up. I said, you can have bees, uh, but you have to save up your own money. So I um, saved up $60 then, which is worth about 500 bucks now for a, a double beehive. And this uh, beekeeper, he come and dropped it off for me and had these bees. I actually end up, um, unfortunately, ended up dying. I think it was from queen failure. But So that was my story. I got into bees and I've had them ever since. Always been into bees and uh, it is my passion. When I'm not beekeeping, I'm thinking about bees and I absolutely love them. So it's been a business for me for almost 14 years now, since 2006. Uh, my background, I was a chef by trade, so I love, you know, cooking things with honey and so forth. Absolutely love that. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's how my story got into bees. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a good little business. I, I, I do a lot of bit of uh, licorice all sorts. People, you know, what do you do? Do you know, obviously you produce honey and, and that type of thing, but you know, I, I do a bit of everything which has got its positives and negatives. You know, when I say a little bit of everything, so I do pollination. So I've got a couple of hundred hives and um, the pollination, I target predominantly uh, organic farms. So organic cider apples, organic pears, uh, try and, because they use the least amount of chemicals, if, if, if any chemicals at all, to be honest. Uh, berries are great for bees because they're, particularly raspberries blackberries are really good for the bees so um so i do that um obviously i produce a bit of honey so a small amount of honey which i sell I actually sell this in a uh, a lot of it in my little honesty house my little honey house which is at the front of my place and if you have a look on instagram ben's bees au or facebook uh ben's bees you'll find me you'll see how i sell my honey and i absolutely love selling it in that little particular platform just, you know, people come in. It's like an honesty box. It's like a little, little yellow house. And I just recently upgraded it. It was a bee, like a big, big beehive. But now it's, um, I've turned it into a honey house. And I've been selling it like that for years. So, yes, yeah, so I do that. Uh, I've got like an online shop, which I sell my sort of wares. I love making things. I think it's a, the creative side of me in regards to um, you know, the cooking and I love that sort of experimental type thing. So I've played around with, made lots of things, beard balms, I sold to, to like a furniture and um, a chopping, wooden chopping board polish. So I do lots of things like that. I've been experimenting with making um, propolis shampoos and conditioners and things. Uh, candles, beeswax candles, I love making them. I love the smell. I don't add any other fragrances. I'm not into adding any smells because I just love the purity of the beeswax. So I uh, make those. Uh, mentoring is a, another um, thing I do. So I help, love helping beekeepers with their bees. And I love the passion, you know. The, the hobbyist recreational beekeeper, they're my people. You know, I really, I love the enthusiasm that they ooze, you know. I mean, they're just people that are so keen on their bees. The bees for these people are like their pets, you know it's like their cat or their dog you know it's their pet so i absolutely love love that so that's um really exciting thing i'd sort of do as far as mentoring people um incursions so schools kind of kinders and schools and um, corporate type events so i love doing that uh workshops i do workshops with you know, particularly beeswax wraps if you have not heard of them you must be in the dark ages because beeswax wraps are absolutely taken off and it's a sustainable uh, food uh, covering. So it kind of replaces glad wrap 
and that is really, really good. So it's great to sort of having um, people making these. Um, obviously, save the bees. You know, I love doing that, you know, particularly swarming season. Springtime, you know, catching bees is, is fun. You know, every swarm is like its own little micro personality and, and each scenario is a lot different and so forth. But also, I'm also a licensed pest control technician and that's predominantly because of European wasps. I hate those assholes because they're an introduced pest in Australia. Certain places around the world, you know, they actually, you know, they're, they're beneficial to a certain degree. You know, the wasps can be good, but these particular one, Vespula germanica, uh, they're a pest in Australia and they kill bees and they hurt like hell. You know, the, the toxicity of their venom is very, very high. So I'm not, I'm not keen on those. Um, so I actually licensed to, um, to actually kill them. So yeah, so um, so that's a bit of a liquid all sorts of do. Obviously, with the removals, you know, sort of cutting out houses and sheds and all sorts of things, compost bins and, and bird boxes and that, that type of thing. So I enjoy sort of doing that. So yeah, so I guess that's uh, what I actually do when it comes to to bees, and I'm just so passionate. As I said, I just love everything with the bees. I've just got, I must have over 100 books on bees. I'm anything bee related, I'm always love it. You know, if I'm YouTube and particularly to, when it comes to bees, there's just so much to learn. You know, there's just so, so much to learn because they have just such an interesting little insect. Now, when I say, when I say insect, I don't, I don't know, I'm not so keen on that word insect because, uh, yeah, insect. I know where bees are insects, but I know they're a lot more than that because when it comes to things like pollination, you know, an example of the pollination, you know, why they're so important is one every three mouthfuls of food that we eat has been pollinated by a bee, and that's out of around about the hundred sort of fruit and vegetables you see at a supermarket, seventy of those have been pollinated by bees. So when we think of them like an insect, no, they're, they're more than that. There's such more. You know, they're so, so important. You know, and I think in Australia, they're, they're worth about $6 billion. Overseas, they're worth about $200 billion. That's right, $200 billion. That's how much they're worth. So, which is, um, which is so incredible. I think uh, Albert Einstein said if bees were to die, were to vanish off the planet, humans would only have four years to live. So, um, yeah, so that's why we need to look after them. And then there's so many reasons why these, um, the bees are dying around the world. And, you know, obviously pests and diseases that they get, which I'll talk about soon. But the, the chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, you know, those fungicides have been linked with um, CCD overseas, colony collapse disorder. And um, they've been linked with that, you know, so... So, uh, you know, bees are dying around the world and, uh, you know, a big part of that is the, these chemicals, these agricultural farms and monocultures and things and, and we'll talk to, um, to some farmers about that and, and I know Simon, is from Simon Mulvaney is really passionate about that and knows lots and lots about that so I'll be looking forward to having him, uh, having him on. Um, so, yeah, but the, one of the other biggest problems with bees in decline is their, the pests and diseases that they get. You know, the poor little humble bee, you know, she's, what we see in the garden, she's only uh, weighs one-tenth of a gram, thereabouts. And, and, and by the way, the, when I say she, they are 
females because um, they work harder and that's why they got a stinger. But they uh, they get absolutely slaughtered by all these pests and diseases. There's these fungal infections, bacterial infections, viral infections. They get they've got these bloody things called a varroa, which is like a mite. So it's this big mite, and it's equivalent to a, like us humans, like having this big. Like a, the equivalent size is like a basketball, and it sucks their blood, their their hemolymph, and um, it sucks on them, and it's and it transmits viruses and diseases, these parasite, and, and that's probably one of the biggest issues of of uh, of the death of bees around the world is because of this varroa mite, the varroa destructor, and that's the, what affects the um, the European honeybee. Which is uh, what we see now in, in our gardens, which is on nearly on every uh, continent around the world. So yeah, varroa destructor. And we'll talk to some beekeepers. We now we're lucky in Australia. I have to say we don't have that. So we're very blessed, I guess, that we don't have this uh, this mite because this mite is devastating. So we'll talk to some beekeepers over in New Zealand and and Europe, and um, and actually speaking of uh, overseas, we'll talk to my friend Richard Knoll. He's, uh, he's a beekeeper, he's an English beekeeper living in uh, Brittany in France, that's northwest of France, and I've uh, been looking forward to talking to him because I spent a bit of time with him a couple of years ago, and I spent a week with him working with his bees, so I'm really excited, and he's uh, passionate, he's got his own YouTube channel, he's absolutely kicking goals, really, really good bloke, and, just, and that's the thing I love about beekeepers, you know, about sharing wealth, and this is what this podcast is going to be, is sharing wealth. It's going to be unedited, so you know, not into any making it all polished and so forth, and just you know, it's going to be about sharing. And we're going to have all the different people coming on, and we're going to. If you're not in the bees, you'll learn stuff about bees. If you've got bees, you'll learn some more. So, um, so that's why I'm really excited to do this. It's actually taken me, to be honest, it's almost three years. <laughs> actually, a couple of years, three years ago, I actually went to. A, um, a podcasting workshop, you know, how to, um, to set up a podcast. And um, so that's how long it's sort of been. So that's why I'm excited to finally, I think with this COVID-19, that's got to keep us a bit more indoors. It's, um, yeah, to get this podcast out and to share information, share wealth, and particularly the connection with us all. If you, even if you don't keep bees, we're all connected in one way or another. So that's really, uh, really cool. So, yeah, so... Um, so that's the issue with the bees, you know, is the the pests and diseases they get. We've got a couple of nasty ones here, and um, you know, we've got this uh, foul broods that we have, which are like bacterial infections. Uh, one is devastating. It means if the the hive does get it, they, they have to be fundamentally uh, killed, euthanized, and um, so it's really um, so. There's a lot of ethics when it comes to uh, to bees, and it's also uh, there's a registration as well uh, in Australia through you've got to be registered to be a beekeeper. Uh, each state slightly different. I'm in Victoria, in Melbourne, and uh, through the DPI Department of Primary Industries, and it's free. So if you want to get in the bees, it's free. Got nothing to do with councils as all, except except um, if you've had too many bees uh, and your neighbours get a little bit disgruntled, which. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about that later on. So, yeah, so, um, and uh, you'd later have to, on a suburban block, uh, there's rules and regulations, uh, a big size, normal, you know, suburban block, they have two hives, which is always good to have two. So you've got twice as many bees, twice as much pollination, twice as much productivity. So um, that's a really good thing, yeah, to have the bees. And if you've got, I, I help people with 
people say, oh, you know, I've got a small backyard and I can't keep bees. But I've helped people with bees in balconies and hipster areas like Brunswick, Fitzroy, Collingwood, you know, where they don't, you know, got a tiny little courtyard or, or a couple of people that don't have yards. They've actually got um, balconies and they've kept their bees on there and they're successful, doing really, really well. So um, so we, if you're keeping bees, obviously you've got, you've got to learn. And people ask me, well, okay, all right, Benny, I want to get in the bees. How do I do it? There's different clubs. You know, there's so many different clubs. You know, going to the clubs is good. Sometimes I do find that I've he- heard from uh, recreational beekeepers that sometimes get a bit confused because there's so much information. So, um, you know, like say lighting a smoker. You know, it can be so many different ways. You can use pine needles. You can use paper bark. You can use burlap, passion bags, cardboard, all these different ways of doing it. But I think, you know, finding out this information, talking to beekeepers and find out what works for you. Create your own little style. So um, that's the thing is there's a saying when it comes to the beekeeping world. You know, ask 10 beekeepers a question, you're going to get 12 different answers. And that's so true. But at the end of the day, we're keeping bees. We all want the same thing. And that's big, healthy bees. So that's what we all want. Really, a commercial or a hobbyist beekeeper, we want that. That's what we want. Nice, fat, healthy bees. So, yeah, so uh, if you're getting into bees, so have a look at um, Learn Online now. It's obviously now we're coming into winter. It's around the corner for us in the Southern Hemisphere. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere or Europe or Americas, it's starting to fire right up because that's swarming season. So over there, which is uh, my favourite time of the year is the swarms when they're all bouncing around everywhere. So I love that. So, yeah, so if you're getting the bees, so clubs are good. You know, do your information online. For those in Australia... Uh, people say if there's a book to get, and it's Robert Owen's book. We'll, we'll get him. He's living uh, overseas at the moment. Uh, Robert Owen. Bob, he used to have Bob's Beekeeping Supplies in Eltham, and uh, he's a friend of mine, so we'll um, give him a uh, buzz and get him online and hear all about his story because he was born in Wales. He's a Welshman, so it would be really cool to hear his story with the bees and so forth and his background, and he's still involved with bees. So um, be able to hear what he's up to uh, up to there. So, um, yeah, so with bees, so learn and jump online and find out as much as you can. But, uh, but Bob's book, Robert Owen's book, the, the, uh, the Australian Manual of Beekeeping, is a really, really fantastic book. And it's got everything you need to know. And um, as far as keeping bees, there's so many different ways you can do it. You know, there's, you can, there's, in Australia, they have to be in a hive with removable frames. So the most common way is the Langstroth hive. So that's the Langstroth. So that's been around since the mid-1800s, you know. Um, uh, Lorenzo Lorraine Langstroth, uh, he worked out these measurements and the bees in there and he could actually remove these frames. So legally speaking, they have to be in there. And there's a couple of ways. Langstroth is a very common way uh, or the most common. Uh, Eight-frame box I think is a bit better. I know those in South Australia, they must be a bit stronger because they use a lot of ten-frame boxes. Uh, the top bar hives is another way of um, so this you can keep a long a Langstroth top bar hive or there's a, a Kenyan top bar hive a Tanzanian and that's more a bit more natural where the bees make their own uh, comb and it's really interesting with the the Kenyan top bar hive it actually wasn't uh, designed actually in Kenya it's designed in Canada but it was designed for the Kenyan people. So, which was very, very interesting. And so the bees got these bars and they draw their comb down from these bars. So if you're getting the bees, a little bit trickier to manipulate because you've got to get that bee space right. So a little bit more trickier there. Um, another way is the worry hive. 
which is a really nice designed hive. It's got this very uh, nice little quilt box, which is like the uh, insulation that goes just underneath the roof. Um, so really, that's a really attractive hive. Probably a little bit more harder to um, manipulate again. Uh, and another hive, which is very, very popular, which is fantastic. It's a, uh, an Australian design coming out of uh, Byron Bay is the flow hive. And the flow hive is a fantastic invention it? where it's basically the the flow, which is the the frames for the honey. And what happens, the the bees deposit their nectar in these plastic cells and they um, they dehydrate it down. And then when you're time to harvest, put a little key in there and you turn the key, this long key that goes into the frame, and the honey will roll out down the bottom straight into a jar. And that's a really good design. So... Um, now, there's people I find for those who are getting the flow hives, I recommend uh, having a, uh, a double brood hive because, you know, you get twice as many bees and it's a lot colder for us than those in, you know, New South Wales and Queensland. You know, they can get away with one sort of brood box with a bit of honey on the side. So um, I've written a couple of articles on that. I just think they do a bit better uh, having two brood boxes and your honey super on top. But we'll see if we can get the, the flow hive crew, maybe Mirabai. We can get her uh, doing a bit of a talk on the story of Flow Hive because it's um, such a fantastic story. And they've really changed bees around the world, which has been brilliant. People who otherwise wouldn't get into bees, a bit scared and go, oh, the old way, you're going to get a big drum and you're going to strain and spin this honey out. People are now going, wow, there's a lot easier way of doing it. So it'd be great to um, to talk to her. So if you have any questions, you know, shoot them, shoot them through. So yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting this sort of podcast uh, going and um, really just sharing the knowledge and sharing the wealth and hearing some amazing stories because you know some stories is really fantastic to hear where, where people have come from and, and especially where they're going too, you know, where people are going, where they want to go with their, their hobby or their, their, their industry or their, um, their, their work, their businesses. So really looking forward to it. So but yeah, so back to the uh, with the bees. So what I love about the bees is the products that they produce. Obviously, we know bees, you know, producing honey, which is just such a, a natural medicine, and um, and that's why if you're buying honey, you know, and you're buying it from the supermarkets, there are some good supermarket brands. You know, I'm, I'm talking here in Australia, so this is going to be worldwide. But you know, I'm talking because I'm more familiar with this in Australia. But uh, Beechworth honey is a really good honey. And um, but you know support you know your Australian beekeepers. It's really really super important. We need to support you know pure Aussie honey. Now I'm not saying this you know the honey's bad overseas. You know some great honeys and great beekeepers. But if you're sort of new to this and you're not in the bees, but you just want to learn about bees, and maybe just have uh, you know someone know where your honey comes from or where your food comes from because that's what. We want to know that these days. We want to know where the food comes from. And so, and um, people want to talk to me, you know, I want to know where my bees are, how do I look after my bees, which is really important. So, so that's why, if you know, the honey map is a really good way. Oh, if you're buying honey um, for supermarkets, Beechworth Honey, some, a couple of other good brands, there's um, uh, R. Stevens Honey, uh, they're from Tassie. So, there's plenty, plenty of uh, others. So, um, yeah, but it's really important to um, support the beekeepers. And, and uh, yeah, so um, and we'll talk a lot about honey down the track because there's so much to learn about honey because, as I said, it's a natural medicine. Uh, we're talking about Rob with, um, with Manuka honey and these magical ingredient and methylglyoxal. So 
looking forward to hearing all about the uh, the nitty gritty of the of that. And um, obviously, it comes out of New Zealand and manuka uh, is a New Zealand word. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, now, obviously, bees produce obviously honey, but they beeswax. And the bees have got these little glands underneath their bums, underneath their abdomens. And what they do is they uh, excrete this wax. And the wax is what they create their cells with. So their homes, you know, the homes to produce their, their baby bees and, and go through that metamorphosis. Uh, and also deposit their, their nectar and convert that into honey. And the beeswax is absolutely, the price is going through the roof. Like it wasn't that long ago. I remember buying some foundation. I use be, you know, pure beeswax foundation in my my hives, and um, ten kilo box was um, it was twelve dollars a kilo. Now it's pushing thirty three dollars a kilo. So it's almost tripled in price. And uh, I think that's many reasons for that. Um, you know, we'll talk to some other beekeepers, commercial beekeepers, and see what their thoughts on that. But got a theory it's these beeswax wraps because of the supply and demand you know for every 10 kilos of honey it's produced only about a roughly about a one kilo of wax gets produced so the hives aren't producing a magnitude of wax so it's um yeah so we'll uh we'll hear all about sort of the commercial beekeepers and what they do with their wax but these beeswax wraps are really really great and uh, we'll talk about those as, as well in the uh, in the future. Um, now, the other thing that bees collect is pollen. So that's their protein. That's their steak, I guess, um, is what the bees have in their hive. And that protein is to help in the production of uh, a royal jelly or that milk that they feed their their larvae. And so, uh, but what we can do as beekeepers, you can actually pinch a little bit of pollen from them. They have these little traps out the front, and. And bee pollen is really, really good for you. It's got all these amino acids and proteins and it's absolutely fantastic. And it's good for those as well who are suffering hay fever. It doesn't work for everyone, but it works for a lot of people. So if you're suffering from a bit of hay fever, your local honey is good. When I say local, it can be within a 20, 30 kilometer range. It doesn't have to be local within 500 meters. It doesn't have to be that close. But you know, local honey that's got this pollen in it, this extra pollen, that really does help. So it's really super nutritious. Another little interesting thing that bees collect, well, a lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's becoming very, it's very popular in Asia and um, Europe, probably more Eastern Europe, is propolis. Propolis. Now, that's basically what bees grew. So what the bees, they collected from various like cypress trees and various shrubs and so forth. And uh, they collect that and they um, use that to sticky up any little gaps. And it's antibacterial, antifungal. So it's been used a lot in medicine. So tinctures and um, like these sort of throat sprays and things because if you get a sore throat it really really does help and scientifically proven as well so and that's another thing that bees produce um, that as humans we can um, harvest some is royal jelly and that's where the uh, the queens um, are given this excess amount of rich royal jelly and it's very popular in the in the Chinese culture but I'm seeing a lot of people uh, using it now who've been on chemotherapy and really bouncing back faster um, it's got some sort of uh, some amazing ingredients in there and um, and I've even I've known two people who have been on IVF and they've gone through a couple of courses a couple of rounds and it's not worked and they've tried it and they've and they've fallen pregnant really quickly so by just by consuming royal jelly so that's a really uh, 
really um, fantastic little ingredient that they that the bees get. So um, so yeah, so I suppose um, there's going to be so much to learn. So this is just a little uh, introduction into the into the podcast, and I'm looking forward to talking to everyone and meeting people. And as I said, if there's any questions you want to know about bees or anything, shoot shoot them through. And um, and uh, and if you want to, if you want to. Uh, you want to look after the bees, but you don't want to keep bees because of circumstances and so forth. It's very important. How can we look after the bees? And a, a good way of doing it at home is planting them bee-friendly flowers. So flowers that they, they're going to enjoy. They're going to want to consume and, and turn into that nectar, turn into the honey because that's the best thing we can do is uh, looking after the bees. And obviously minimising, if at all, using any chemicals is... Um, really super important too so so once again uh thank you for listening this is the first podcast bees with ben and uh really looking forward to um to getting this uh this going and thank you so much for listening everyone i really appreciate your time